Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski with Growing in Grace. Hey, how are you doing this week, Joel? Hey, doing well. Doing well. Uh, eager to get into this. So just real quickly, because uh, I always forget to do this, but people can find out more about us at uh, graceroots.org. Also, Twitter at graceroots, uh, youtube.com slash graceroots, and facebook.com slash graceroots. I really love what we've been talking about the last few weeks. We're doing a class at church, uh, you and I are, along with a group of people, and uh, we're talking about some of the same stuff there. People wanted us to, uh, several people asked us if we could record our class. We're not able to do that, but this is uh, what we're doing, and uh, it goes right along with all the stuff we talk about anyway, so happy to be talking about this stuff. Yeah, and so we'll we'll get right into it this week because we're we're kind of in our third podcast in a series as, as we're, we're making our way toward the teachings of Jesus and why he taught two covenants. But there's a, some significant foundation that needs to be laid first. So keep that in mind. If you just jumped into this one, I'd go back a couple of programs. But real quickly to um, just review the what you said kind of toward the end of the, the last podcast, Joel, we've been talking a lot about Adam and Eve and, and the fall in the garden and the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, how it represented the law Man tried to better himself, thought it would make him wiser. It didn't. There was just one command. Remember that? Law at work, one command, and, and man failed to keep it even then. And, of course, uh, we know what happened after that. The first Victoria's Secrets clothing line came out with fig leaves. <laughs> and, uh, and you pointed out last week that God covered Adam and Eve with, with tunics of skin. And, you know, the tunics couldn't take away... The covering couldn't take away the sin. It just, it just covered uh, what was already there. And obviously, those tunics came from another source, and it would have been a blood source. And so Adam and Eve learned firsthand right away, uh, and, and it was all a, a type of, of Jesus Christ eventually, and, and this, this learning how to sacrifice. I mean, we don't really stop to think about it, but how do you think they learned how to sacrifice? I mean, God probably demonstrated for them right there and then covered them with those tunics of skin. That's how Abel knew to do what he was doing and so on. Mm-hmm. But that, just interesting, though, how, how you can see the parallels here because the, the idea in this series is to help us step back from all the verses, all the, the Bible for us, and, and be able to view it further off so that we can see the bigger picture here of what God was trying to do from the beginning through the time of Christ. And then, of course, with the Israelites and this covenant, we mentioned how God didn't force the covenant down the, the throat of Israel, but they agreed to it. That's a covenant requires both parties agree to it. And uh, they were stuck in this system, Joel, because they, they couldn't keep them. They, they, they were, they, keeping the law, keeping the commands required that you kept all of it, all 613 rules, statutes, and commandments, they, and nobody could ever do it. It was a curse that Christ redeemed them from. And we should point out that this covenant that God made through Moses with Israel 
the old covenant of law and commands, uh, whether it be the Ten Commandments or the, everything else that went with that, it was a package deal. And Gentiles, we non-Israelites, we were never invited into that, not then or now. Uh, and, and that's just an important point to keep in mind. This was something between God and Israel. The rest of us Gentiles were like in a far-off distance. We were far off. Uh, we were uninvited. We were uh, strangers to the covenant. We were excluded. Uh, we could only see it almost like a like a lighthouse way out there on the ocean somewhere. Yeah, that's what Ephesians 2 says, that at that time you were in talking about Gentiles, not, not just talking about people in general, but talking about Gentiles. He says that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. And without God in the world, yippee, uh, that was the Gentiles. Uh, and it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off. See, the Gentiles were far off. The, this law stuff had nothing to do with Gentiles. The Gentiles had nothing to do with it. They, they were ex excluded from it. But in Christ, they who were once far off, Gentiles, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. So it is important to note that all of this law stuff all of this law talk, all of these covenants, that was it had to do with Israel. The old covenant and all those all the other covenants and ordinances and laws that were part of that had to do with Israel and Israel only. Now, all of that because this new covenant would come through them, come through those people, come through Israel. Christ would come through Israel. That's you know, that's kind of getting off track, but it's just the, the main thing is that it's important to know that all of this was for Israel. And like you were saying, they had to keep the whole thing. They could not keep part of it and say, well, these are the ceremonial laws and these are the moral laws. They couldn't break it up and try to keep some of them and not keep the others. They had to keep them all. As one example, you know, Jesus was asked, what are the two? What are, what's the greatest commandment? He answered with two commandments. He says, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so people think, well, we need to keep those because that's that part of the law we need to keep. Well, if you look at Leviticus 19.18, where it says you shall love your neighbor as yourself, it also says you shall not sow your field with mixed seed, nor shall a garment of mixed linen and wool come upon you. So if we're going to break these covenants up, and, and if we're going to say, well, you don't need to keep that one, it's okay to, to put carrots and lettuce in, in the same garden. Uh, well, we've just broken that law, but we have to keep the, the other ones. Well, anyway, so they can't be broken up. That is so important for us to understand. And then, of course, if you break one, as James said, you can keep the whole law and just fail in one point. Uh, you've broken the whole law because you're a lawbreaker. And that's the point of the law. It's to set a standard of perfect living that you have to keep the whole thing, all 613. And if you don't, you're guilty. And as uh, Paul says in Romans 2 and 3, that is the point. We're guilty. That's what the law does. It's all that the law can do is show us that we're guilty. Yeah, there was never a doer of the law. You just mentioned Romans two. That Paul, there's a there's a verse where where Paul said that the doer of the law would be justified. But if you just take that one verse without the context uh, surrounding it before and after, you're going to miss the whole point. There'd never been a doer of the law, and and th through the works of the law, no one is justified. That's what Paul went on to say. That's why we we have to take the 
the context with the verses. But yeah, that's all that's all good stuff there, Joel. And 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 a great point too, because uh, Paul also James mentioned that about if you break one commandment within the covenant, you've broken the entire law. And Paul alluded that too in in Galatians when when he said, "Those of you who think circumcision is still a big deal and we should keep that one." then now you've, you've been, become obligated to keep the entire law again because you, you can't just pick and choose. You can't cherry pick different commandments and apply them to what might, some might call the new covenant. So moving forward into that covenant, the new. So we had a covenant here that basically failed. It wasn't the covenant's fault. It was with the people, the Jewish people, where the fault was found. And so we, we now, and, and this, this new covenant was prophesied uh, quite frequently through the, the prophets and the law, the uh, predictions of, of Jesus Christ coming and, and bringing this new covenant, ushering in this new thing as the Messiah, uh, that, that was foretold. And um, we see here in, in Hebrews chapter 8, for example, if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no reason or occasion sought for a second covenant. And God found fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers. So, first of all, this new covenant, and and this is really important for you to remember, this new covenant is not like the first one. There's really not a whole lot in common with the two, other than the first one was, was a type or a shadow of the real thing. But otherwise, we have two entirely, completely different covenants. And if you've been listening to us for a while, I know this may sound repetitive, but it's it's not Old Covenant Part 2. It's not an amendment to the first covenant. The, the first one with Israel that came through Moses had to come to an end and be replaced with something new and better. And so God went on to say that in, inside this new covenant, he said, I will be merciful to their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. It wasn't like that under the first covenant. Whenever there was sin, there was a need for more animal sacrifices, uh, seeking God's face, praying in the temple, uh, asking for forgiveness all over again. Uh, and it was just a constant cycle. It was repetitive. Uh, it's This is very different with the new. Yeah, there is a huge, huge contrast between the two covenants. Like you're saying, they're not the same. You know, I had been talking in either last week or the week before about uh one time I was sitting in church writing notes as the pastor was, um, was was preaching, and I realized that everything that I was writing was the exact opposite of what he was saying. Well, if you if you were to take down, if you were to write down different points about the Old Covenant, and then on a separate sheet of paper or side by side or whatever, write down things about the New Covenant, you would find they are the exact opposite. Now, the law is a shadow of the new covenant, but it's not the same. And they, they are so different. That's the thing. You don't look to the shadow. You look to the substance, which is Jesus Christ. They're not the same. You cannot compare, you cannot compare them. You have to contrast them. And, you know, Paul, even in Romans three, he said, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world become guilty before God. Now that's the, that's the old covenant. Every mouth is stopped, and all the world becomes guilty before God. Now, just a couple of verses later in Romans 3, in verse 21, Paul writes, But now 
The righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, like you were saying. The law and the prophets talked about all of this stuff, foresaw all of this stuff, prophesied about all of this stuff, the new covenant, but it wasn't the new covenant. So uh, it says, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. And so the old covenant, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That was what was revealed in the old covenant. God found fault with the people, like you were reading from Hebrews. The new covenant, all of those people who God found fault with by this simple thing called grace through faith. Ungodly people are justified and made righteous. There's a big difference there. They're not the same. You cannot look at the old covenant and try to apply that to life in Christ because the the two things are the exact opposite. Paul said this about the Israelites. I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness through the works of the law. They did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. That's where we're at now under this new covenant. And there's more to cover on this before we get into the teachings of Jesus and why he taught two different covenants, the old to Israel, while he also took a sneak peek at the new. We're going to get into all of that. I hope you'll join us next time right here on Growing in Grace. And don't forget to check out the website, all past podcasts archived at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.